Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. You're very welcome to another episode of the Scaling Your Business podcast. Delighted to be joined by Ed Rossiter, the uh, group co-CEO of Phoenix. Ed, you're very welcome to episode 187. 187, that's a lot. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks a million for, for having me. Yeah, delighted to have you. It sure is a lot. Last year for eight months, I did an episode every single day of the week. Wow. Consecutively, didn't, didn't miss a day. So there was a lot of episodes recorded last year. Um, Ed, typical fashion of the show is we start with kind of getting to know you, where you grew up, some influences and whatnot, and then we'll jump into the main part. So your accent's throwing me off. I see that you went to secondary mm. school in Wexford, so I'm assuming you grew up there, but there's a Limerick twang to your accent as well. So I'm guessing you grew up in Wexford and now live in Limerick. I grew up in Wexford, moved to Limerick for college uh, and stayed here for, for a few years, then did five, six years in Dublin um and married a limerick woman so i'm back here again as of end of last summer so my accent's probably more confused than it is attached to anywhere else i'd say um depending on where i am different different parts come out but it doesn't take too long uh, for the extra twang to come out when i'm back home that's for sure no that's definitely for sure um what was life like growing up in Wexford? great um pretty normal upbringing good school um lived in the country Small, small primary school. I think there was maybe five or six people in, in my class, um, about 25 people in the whole school. So um, lived near the beach. Um, yeah, it was a nice upbringing. Loads of GA. Um, got into to rugby later in life, I suppose. Um, and that kind of ultimately brought me to, to Limerick as well as college. I do want to touch on that in a bit, but the beach, sure. GA, and a small group of friends sounds like the ideal upbringing. Um, Tell me this, typically people can point to a handful of people that have had a massive impact on their early years that have shaped who they've become today, whether an acquaintance, a teacher, uh, a family relative, a close family member, parents perhaps. Does any one or two people spring to mind for you? Um, That's a good question. I suppose the the immediate ones would be parents, um, both very different characters, I would say. Mom is, is... a nurse soon to, to be retired, um, but a farmer's daughter, tough out, um, get up and get on with it type of attitude. Um, doesn't get stressed too often. Um, dad is is a townie, if you want to call it that. Um, and yeah, he was he was always in in sales. He was CEO of, of, of an IT software company and from a business perspective was always quite entrepreneurial. Early days, remember him setting up a promotional gift company and um, just seeing that that buzz around the office and, you know, even growing into maybe mature teenager years, he would often pose a question saying, you know, I wonder who's supplying that product to this business. And, you know, it would follow on from questions from, from my side saying, what does that mean? And you know, there would be teachings along the way around how the world works, but very, very basic stuff. Um and yeah, I think both different approaches to life, but um, both very, very impactful, I'd say, on, on both myself and my brother, um, and probably made it to where we are today. Nice. Well, shout out to both your parents. You, you, 
you touched on university in Limerick. You went to UL to study business. Why UL and why business? Um, so I got into rugby. Um, was probably too slow and, and too square to be running around a GA pitch at the same level as some of the guys I was playing with. So eventually got onto to a rugby pitch and uh, that probably suited me a lot more. Um, as per usual, did the whole university campus tours like you would in your, your final year in school and mm-hmm. did the UCD one, the Trinity one. And I remember arriving in, in UL and, and just been blown away by it. Um, probably helped that at the time, Munster in their pomp you know, um, 2006 year. And, and, um, I think even the day we arrived down there, they, they were training and just totally blown away by facilities, you know, the UL of today down there every week, just walking through it. It's, it's levels above what I think is any other university in, in Ireland for, from a sporting perspective. And, um, yeah, all my CAO choices were Limerick because that's where I, wanted to go and uh, regardless of what I got in terms of course I was I was going to Limerick so just made an impression on me from from the get-go. Awesome well jumping into the working world uh, I've looked at a few of your previous roles on LinkedIn and I, and I want to jump into two of them specifically so you spent two years two years as owner of Limelight magazine at the time number one Limerick's number one social magazine 20,000 students a month um, you said you'd noticed a gap in the market for a free magazine targeted towards that kind of age group, 18 to 30 plus. Um, you started in your bedroom, made sales calls, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What lessons or perhaps skills, did, lessons you learned or skills you improved in that journey? Um, probably a, a bit of wordsmithing there. So I think it was the only <laughs> social magazine in Limerick at the time. So it was number one by default, but um, that's a good salesperson's uh, take on that. Um, it's, you know, like most things in life, I think you you, you get maybe pushed into to doing certain things because obviously the world is very different. 2010 coming out of uh, recession uh, or still in recession, the height of it. Um, I remember I applied for jobs with, some FMCG businesses stacking shelves in your Duns and Tesco's and merchandising. And I was getting beaten by people with 20 years sales rep experience. You know, it was bleak, bleak enough, um, especially for a graduate. So um, I was probably lucky enough um, that I'd, 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 I'd saved a bit of money from, from over the years. And um, I think my family would have always been quite supportive about give something a shot. What's the worst thing you can happen that can happen. It, it can always be chalked down to, to experience. And, um, you know, I would have worked multiple jobs growing up teenage years and even earlier. Um, so was never really afraid of the, the hard work part. Um, and we set up the, the, the magazine and, you know, we got some amazing clients. We used to launch, every magazine uh, in a bar in town we'd have you know a heineken or, or core sponsor uh, free beers we used to have the likes of hermitage green um number of other bands as well that would launch the 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 um the, the magazine for that month and it was uh yeah it was proper kind of sales then there was the content side we used to work closely with journalist students in ul who wanted to be published in something so they would do the articles uh, and i would be 
door to door sales. So yeah, like it certainly solidified the sales skills. That's that's for sure. And albeit a tiny business, you know, it gave you some sort of of grasp of what it's like to to do something in the business world. So probably where I maybe ignited the entrepreneurial flair a little bit. I love to hear that. Uh, not long after, a couple of years after you, you, you moved into kind of the corporate world, we spent some time at Morgan McKinley, um, four years of them, correct? You obviously impressed there because within those four years, you had a number of promotions. Um, what was it like that transition from, you know, self-employed, which is not easy, it's a complete graft, to large corporate? Yeah, so I think before um, Morgan McKinley, it was, it was BDO. Um, so BDO and Limerick have a, a recruitment leg. So do a lot of executive search assignments for the accountancy uh, clients that they work with and a bit of a standalone business even within the, the BDO brand. Obviously, that's an accountancy firm uh, and advisory firm. So it was interesting to see you know, how professionals actually operate and how they think. And it was very different to Wheel and Deal in magazines around town. Mm-hmm. Um, how it came about, to be honest, you know, the magazine was never going to, to, to make huge money. It's sustainable money. It was more about the experience. So I think a friend of mine happened to be working in BDO in a similar role and he was leaving and one thing led to another ended up there. But that was great. It gave me a taste of what recruitment looked like, some sort of insight. Um, and how to manage clients and obviously find suitable talent and bring them both together. Um, and I decided it was for me. And I guess if I was going to do it, I wanted to do it right in my head, which would be a, a big corporate brand in that space, recruitment specific. Um, and luckily, Morgan McKinley were, were hiring in Limerick at the time. So it was a short hop up the road, really, but obviously into a much bigger structure and into... I guess, a formalized learning development platform and um, a really, really well-established brand and, and a really well-run brand, to, to be honest. Nice. Let's move on to Phoenix, where you currently are. Um, you'll do a much better job at the elevator picture, 30-second commercial than I will, because <laughs> it's your baby, so the mic is yours. Phoenix, so set it up late 2018. Um I was the founder, um, shortly joined by my uh, other group, co-CEO and business partner, Ruth Linden. Um, and since then, we've, we've grown from just myself to, to nearly 40 people. We've opened offices in Dublin, Limerick, London. We're launching our first US office in September, October time uh, this year. Um, our overall aim is to be at 250 people by the end of 2025. Um, across the, the, the world, obviously, multiple locations. Um, and we primarily focus on tech, fintech, financial services, and professional services brands. Um, I guess point of differentiation for us would be a lot of the senior leaders in the business are actually professionally qualified. So Ruth being a great example, qualified solicitor, uh, worked in top tier law firms. Um, individuals across the business that lead divisions are, are qualified in that space. We have a number of qualified accountants and investment banking professionals and tax professionals. So although it's it's a recruitment business, um, there's probably a, a, an elevated level of service that, that we tend to offer that maybe sometimes you don't see in, in, in that sector. So Ed, something I've noticed is that you recently went through a fundraising round uh, 
and we were just talking about your plans to grow to 250 headcount by 2025. So talk me through the fundraising round. Yeah, so it's it's uh, very recent. Um, we actually announced it at the Dublin Tech Summit. Um, for us, we've we've been very lucky. We had a small investor at the start of, of setting up Phoenix, which allowed us to uh, even grow by a couple of headcounts and cover expenses. Um, and due to our performance, I guess we've been uh, incredibly lucky that um, that that exact investor is now doubling down on 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 what he's seen in us and and. Um, we have recently raised a million euro to uh, to support our growth over the next few years, which um, is ambitious um, and is going to be used totally for 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 growth, probably overseas uh, in in the UK and the US as well. So I have a number of questions to ask around the business, but I I'm going to start with you said 2025. You want to be at about 250 employees. I love to see that that goal. Um, you're obviously going to need to attain a number of net new logos to get to that. Um, for you at the moment, if we look over the next 12 months um, time frame, what are some things that you're going to leverage to win some net new logos? Uh, partnerships, speaking, I know that you spoke at Dublin Tech Summit, yep. perhaps Outbound, uh, your podcast that you're doing in collaboration with Business Post. Talk me through some of the things that you're leveraging to get some net new logos on board over the next 12 months um so when you say net new logos you mean clients clients yes yeah so we're we're, we're pretty lucky to, to be honest we've uh, a very strong individual reputation anyway um and you know a lot of the so we deal with four or five of the irish unicorns we've had them grow internationally across the us and europe we are based obviously in Ireland uh, and, and London, but we do global work um, and we tend to help our clients grow globally. So, I mean, it doesn't have to be new clients in every location. It can be the same client across multiple locations. And, you know, that strengthens the relationship for, for us. <clears throat> new clients is always important, uh, of course, but, you know, the key to, to our growth actually is, is our own people. Um, we've since the start, probably over-invested in areas where maybe other agencies typically wouldn't. We have fully-fledged lear learning and development team and program for everyone from a graduate level to my level. Everyone plugs into a learning and development program. We have um, uh, an L&D platform um, that we use as well, which has thousands of, of hours of, of learning and development on that too. Um, we have a, a back office, which we've built in, in Limerick, which consists of our finance operations. And I mentioned talent acquisition, HR, learning and development. So that supports the wider group. Um, <clears throat> and from a, a sales perspective, you know, we're, we're lucky that the key leaders in the business are uh, very commercial um, and from reputation and obviously just from consistent branding, we've, uh, we've always won't say found it easy, but we have positioned ourselves well to be front and center for a lot of clients in our space, for sure. One thing I noticed on your LinkedIn is you've you've got a decent following, um, and I'm curious uh, how that has helped, or if it has helped in business in terms of like it could help in terms of showcasing to your current clients that they're dealing with the best out there. Um, it could help with landing new clients or perhaps landing speaking gigs like the Dublin Tech Summit. Talk me through how LinkedIn 
or other you could take leverage the podcast as another social tool has helped the business um i think it's it's probably coming from an appetite to do things maybe slightly differently uh, i think you know most irish people including myself are are quite reserved when you compare yourself to maybe you know people in in the us or even the uk which which we've seen regularly you know you want to be good but don't say you're too good to you know you, you you want to be um big but not too big you know and I, I think there's sometimes a hesitancy to put yourself in maybe more public situations where you, know, you are held up for for a bit of criticism um so i've never really been too afraid of, of that even though you know i wouldn't tend to be that controversial but you know from the the get-go um podcast was was something i was doing anyway with with individuals in our space and the way we viewed that was we're having you know very unique insightful value-add conversations with business leaders every single day you know what if we put a spotlight on that and opened it up so everyone could learn something you know and that's really what has driven our business forward is we always want to add value uh, in, in in some sort of a unique way yeah um we were approached by the business post they wanted to do something um on an employment podcast so we've partnered with them quite successfully for the last few years and um outside of that we we obviously outside of covid we would do um in-person events roundtables, um and the tech summit obviously is our most recent one which was great to get the opportunity to to speak on that panel as well so i think maybe an appetite to do more uh, in in areas that maybe most businesses are a little bit hesitant to, to put themselves out there in. Mm. And I'm, I'm going to leave links to your podcast below where people are listening or watching this because I mentioned to you before we hit the record button that I'm driving to the city after this and I've downloaded the Bobby Healy podcast. I'm looking forward to listening to that. And then you suggested that I listen to the Pat Phelan. So there's a number yeah. of big names. Um, I think the CEO of Wayflower was that. Am I correct with that? He yeah. So a, yeah, a, Aiden, great, great client of ours. Amazing story. Obviously, um, one of the more recent unicorn businesses. So, you know, we, we've we've helped the guys grow globally um, from from early days, um, pre unicorn status. There's a few people in the basement in in Dublin, and that's been an amazing success story. And you know, we've obviously been proud enough to to be a small part of that anyway you know in terms of their yeah. growth story um but yeah our guests have have been amazing you have everyone from you know van saunders and in, in dentons who's managing partner in ireland to uh, heads of hr for dropbox um to obviously the likes of aiden pat bobby uh we have uh on care from kinzen uh joining us tomorrow which will be going out soon uh, and always looking for more uh guests so Anyone that's listening, let me know. So anyone listening, you've now got at least three reasons to listen to that podcast. Um, something I'm saying time and time again, more recently, is people posting on social platforms saying, I've been I've been let go and I'm looking for a job. Um, and I don't know what's that an offense I sit on when it comes to that, um, because I don't know if that's something that I would do. I think I would make an effort to pick up the phone and call people and leverage my network. But again, I don't know what situation they're in. But the question I have for you, someone who owns the business that you own, what's one or two common things that you see with job seekers that perhaps frustrate you? Ooh, um, 
maybe I'm and probably not as detail-oriented as my business partner, Roots, but she's a, a solicitor, so we'll pin it to that. But I think, um, you know, messy, messy CVs is, is certainly one. Um, there's plenty of downloadable templates. There's even one on our website if you want to check it out. But there's probably no excuse nowadays, given the information that everyone has access to online, where you, you can't have a presentable, informative CV. Um, and another one, lack of preparation, I would say, for, for, for interviews. You know, there's um, probably in the last few years, um, there's been a, obviously an incredibly competitive jobs market and everyone's heard of the war for talents and then there's the great resignation. Now there's the um, great revaluation, apparently, is the, the new one, um, which probably reflects the, the, the drop in value for, for tech stocks. And, and um, that's probably where you're, you're seeing the uh, I've been made redundant yeah. posts uh, a little bit more. So, um, so it's been a very, very interesting three years in the employment space. Um, but regardless of that lack of research for interview, and I think interviews have become incredibly easy to get. And they've been incredibly easy um, to probably lower your standards, I would say, um, because, you know, you, you haven't had to make that excuse to say you're going to a doctor's appointment or change into your, your suit or interview wearing a toilet in, in your office and sneak out the back door. It's all been pretty much from home, you know, uh, technically could be done in your slippers and pajamas as long as you have a shirt on or, or whatever. Um, so that's probably a frustration point for, for us because it's been maybe too easy um, for, for people to interview and it's hard to, to gauge how serious they are at times. Um, but from a preparation perspective, you know, get your CV in order, get it looking sharp. Uh, and then obviously, if you get the opportunity to interview, make sure you do your research and you're prepared fully. I was going to leave a link to your website below, but I'll also leave a link to the specific part of your website that has that CV template people can leverage. Couple more questions for you, Ed. Um, if you were ever to write a book, what would the title of the book be? God, I've no idea. <laughs> Is there a better better question than that? Final what question would, would be, um, and I hope this one doesn't throw you. Go for it. If you were minister for education, I had to add a mandatory subject to the leaving cert curriculum. What would you add, and why? Oh, that's easy. Um, finance and not finance from an accounting perspective, but a day-to-day -day how to manage your finance. Uh, something that I probably learned later in life around even pensions and the impact of what you do early on in your career, pension-wise, for example, um, and the, the greater impact that can have later in life. That would be one. Um, I think entrepreneurship is is certainly something that should be taught. I think there's sometimes maybe a bit of a romantic notion around setting up your business and everyone can do it nowadays. And it is a hell of a lot of work. Um, and, you know, I think one big reason as to why we've even got to where we are, which is, 
you know, step one of, of our journey is because we, we want to do it. We want to be here, you know, and the late nights and long weekends and all the stress that comes with it. Um, you, you'd want to want to do it. I think that's the, the big thing. Uh, luckily, luckily for us, we, we, we do. Um, but maybe there's a misconception at, at the moment where, you know, setting up a business can be in your bedroom and, you know, there's all the romantic stories of scaling to a billion dollar business in your sleep and, and this kind of stuff, which, you know, probably doesn't reflect the reality a lot of time. I, I, it's a question I always ask my guests at the end of the podcast. And um, I found out yesterday, I learned that the very last exam for this year's leaving cert was politics, which I didn't know was a subject. Interesting. My wife's a teacher, um, accounting and, and business. So more traditional subjects, but yeah, it's something that we talk about a bit at home. A uh, bit of entrepreneurship uh, and, and insight into that. You do see it in college, right? So yeah. don't see why, why not bring it into the secondary system. Ed, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. I'll leave links to your socials, website, anything else we mentioned during the podcast, wherever people are listening or watching to this. But for today, thanks for being my guest and I wish you continued success. No problem. Thanks a million for having me. Beautiful morning, beautiful summer, my boy.